All right, my food mood friends. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Chandra Zas and Odyssey. Stoked you're here. As always, really, really seriously, truly, I really am stoked you're here. So I have a interesting episode today. I want to talk about what I learned from the food 14 day challenge that I ran, I don't know, last month. It's been a few weeks since it ended. It was the first time I've done this challenge, so I learned a lot. And I think some of the insights that I have could be really useful and inspiring and kind of help make things click. So here is what I learned. I'm going to start with my personal experience first. I did the challenge for 14 days. I looked to the side because I didn't totally do the challenge. Well, here, here's actually, this is a really good point. So I did not stick to the challenge 100%, but when I did mess up on the rules of the challenge, I did keep going. And this is something that is like crucial to actually making food changes is this piece of like most of us, when we flub or make a mistake or slip up or give in to a craving or whatever or eat something that we didn't plan to eat most of us quit in that moment we we take it as something of like well i'm never gonna do this right like what's the point and so then we keep quitting and then we don't get back on the horse or get back on the bandwagon or get back on the challenge and so i ate outside of the rules a couple times and I, because of what I know and how I now am in my own personal relationship with my food, I didn't make it mean a big deal. And I didn't make it mean that I then went into a binge and I've been there. I, that's what I used to do. I used to totally go into crazy food spirals that left me with crazy belly aches and fog brain and all kinds of crazy ass shit. So I didn't do that. I just kept going. And the only other person in the challenge that in, we had 20 of us in our challenge group and the only other person who made it all the way through the challenge and she actually did it 100% is someone who is in my program. And in my program, I actually propose a very similar, almost identical challenge. But to my clients, I propose it for 30 days. And actually, today is the day she's actually completing her 30-day challenge, which is really exciting. And she had a really different experience than the other people in the challenge because she had all of this pre-work done on, on how to manage her urges and manage her emotions. And she was able to quite easily, I mean, she's glowing, it's pretty amazing, quite easily make it through the challenge without really any sweat. And it's because of all of that pre-work she did. It's because here's the thing is that like most of us have an unhealthy relationship with food because we don't really know how to use our, how to process our emotions. So when we feel negative, then we culturally have been taught that the solution is food and we eat all the time 
when we're not hungry. We eat when we're upset. We eat when we're stressed. We eat when we're anxious. We eat because everybody else is eating. We eat when we celebrate. We eat all of these times that's not actually like for eating. Like we eat in all of these kind of improper times. And so the whole first part of my program is really understanding how our brain and our emotions work so that we can manage ourselves without using food. And this is like, it's really revolutionary, like to think about how many times we eat to try to solve our emotions. And if we actually learn how to solve our emotions internally, then we don't have to turn to food. I know some of the people in the challenge, they got really, one person I know got really stressed out and she, that's her default as she turns to food. You know, another person felt, I love this, this person. He's actually a friend of mine also. And he felt attacked by ice cream at night. And so like, what is that attack? It's urges. It's like feeling this like urgency of I have to eat this, which brings me to the other reason that people, that we fail at making food changes. We have this thing going on in our brain with man-made foods like sugars and flours and processed foods that just like, it's like our brain is tricked into believing that that's the most important thing. And that's where that urge and that urgency and the cravings and the itches to eat those foods come from. And so without understanding how our brains work and understanding what's the chemical experience in our brain, it's really hard not to listen to our brain because our brain is our supercomputer. Our brain is like what's telling us to do things. And so when we understand how our brain works, then it's like, oh, okay, I feel that urge. I don't have to answer it. But without that ability to manage our brain, it's really hard not to answer the cravings and answer the urges. So, which brings me to a really interesting insight about the challenge. What I learned about the challenge is that the avoidance or the minimization of eating processed foods is crucial. And it really does like sum up what I really believe to be true for gut health is that it really is these processed foods that are causing the majority of the problems. There's also a microbiome piece, but as far as like what we're putting in our mouth, the processed foods are what are causing the digestive symptoms. And so in the, in doing the challenge myself, I started reading more of my labels. I'm a really big label reader. Well, I used to be a really big label reader. I used to read all my labels all the time. And it's really powerful to read labels and learn what's in the foods that we're eating because there's lots of things in our foods that we don't think are in there until we start reading labels. So we actually, as a family, have decided to cut out the mayonnaise, even though we were reading, eating this really good mayonnaise that has all really good ingredients in it. We, my, my man and I both noticed a difference of cutting this out of our diet, how it actually did feel better to not have that mayonnaise. So now we're making homemade mayonnaise. And the other thing is that I have been trying to kick my oat milk. There's this oatly oat milk that the full fat, that's just incredible. It tastes amazing. It is like the best milk alternative I've ever tasted, but it has like 10 ingredients. And I've been looking at the ingredient, the uh, list for several months now. And this challenge really cemented and inspired me to really cut, um, 
to stop buying that oat milk. And we're still working on a recipe. There's a couple of us working on a recipe to find an alternative of oat milk that we can make from home. It's really hard to get it with this like incredible taste that Oatly has. But that ingredient list, I know that there are stuff, there are preservatives, there's chemicals in there that I know are not good for me. So I'm now having raw cream in my coffee in the meantime. I don't really like to eat dairy every day all the time, but I have some really good raw cream that is the substitute in the meantime while we're finding a new recipe for the oat milk. Still in progress. And yeah, I it made me up-level my gut health even more, which is really, really cool. And I wasn't a, it wasn't anything drastic for me, but the couple little up levels, like I feel the difference. <laughs> exactly what I was trying to give to everybody else was feeling the difference. And yeah, I know that like a few people in the challenge, they gave up around the end of week one and the, the desire and the love for their favorite foods or the wanting to eat what everyone else was eating was a big part of like why they caved. And yeah, I mean, this is why I love my coaching program is because I walk people through this extensive process of really getting um, your whole self on board with what it is that you really want. And it's quite mind blowing about how easy food changes are when you're on board with yourself and when you're clear on why. And it's really, really cool. And I wanted to share one more piece with you guys about why bother with gut health? Because I know there are a number of people who are kind of like, well, why bother? Like, I don't really have bad symptoms. I don't really like, why bother going through the discomfort of changes and figuring out how to cook different and shop different. And, and I wanted to, I've been thinking, and I wanted to share with you my thoughts. I have one client who I just absolutely love and adore and we are mostly working on time. We're not working on food changes with him. We're working on, he doesn't have any um, gut symptoms or any reason to make food changes this way, but he has like his big thing that he wants to change is his relationship to time. And, and I have been thinking about him so intensely this last month and thinking about how one of the most amazing pieces for me with gut health, like for me, 10 years ago, my gut health was about feeling better because I was in pain. I had brain fog. I had eczema. I had asthma. I had all these like physical symptoms that were like just super not fun. So that was my motivation. But now my motivation for continuously up, up leveling my gut health is actually my brain. So Right now, I'm pretty seriously doing intermittent fasting. I'm fasting at the moment while we're talking during this video, or while I'm talking during this video. And I am doing it actually for the reasons of healing a scar. I have my scar from my birth, and I also have a couple other little like small health things going on. And I know that fasting is really good for um, giving my body the time and energy to heal. So that's my reason for fasting right now. And in the second half of my program, one of the things that I offer to my clients is fasting. And actually, I'm going to talk about fasting in my next video, so I don't want to talk too much about it right now. But when we 
up-level our gut health. When we cut out processed foods, when we're metabolically flexible and we're able to intermittent fast without the hangry and without all the problems, what happens is this brain power, this clarity, this productivity, this really incredible brain experience. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not articulating this super well, but beyond like not having digestive symptoms, there is this optimization of our guts that where our, when our gut is functioning really well and it's really clear, our immune systems are stronger because a lot of our immune system is, is inside of our gut. And when our gut is clear and functioning really well, then our brain is doing the same thing. Our brain is functioning really well. So I'm talking to this client right now. And when we started our, our agreement, the agreement was never to work on foods. And now I'm kind of bringing the conversation back up to him. I'm like, wait a minute. But like, I think that if you make these food changes, your productivity and your experience of time and your relationship to how you show up and how productive you are and how clear you are and how decisive you are is going to be impacted by you making some food changes. So it's a really cool like twist to the whole game of like, yes, there's like getting out of feeling shitty. Yes, there's losing the five pounds. Yes, there's stopping the bloating. Yes, there's stopping the depression or the anxiety that you're having that's gut related. But then on the other side, there's also the optimization. There's the super clear brain. There's the ability to work for six hours straight with just this incredible efficiency and creativity. I mean, this to me is now, it's not the reason that I'm doing intermittent fasting right now, but like it's an insane benefit. I am just like, I mean, maybe it is kind of becoming the reason that I'm doing it because it's so useful and it's so, it feels so good. I'm not fighting. I'm not having to caffeinate after I eat in order to keep my brain power up. It's really, really cool. Even if you're not having digestive problems, maybe you're wanting to get your brain going at like a higher level and really feel the impact on that in your life. 